Morning, everyone. It is uh, just a privilege to be with you again. I absolutely love being able to share um, from God's Word. It's life changes our hearts and so uh, I'm so excited about that. If you are here watching for the first time, uh, if you are exploring faith, uh, wherever you are on the journey, it's just brilliant to have you with us and I, I really trust that God speaks to you exactly where you're at. I know that He will as we dive into the passage today. So I'd love to pray and then we will get stuck in. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are with us right now. I want to thank you that you are close I want to thank you that you meet us where we're at. And I thank you that your word is life. I want to thank you that your word changes us. Your word draws us in. I want to thank you that you are love. I want to thank you that you are truth. So I ask that you would speak today. I ask that you would challenge us. I ask that you would instruct us by the power of you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, brilliant. Before I dive into the passage, I'd love to recommend three podcasts. I, I love listening to these on my drive. I love to make the drives, whether it's to the shops or wherever, just effective. So often I try to pray and spend some time talking with the Lord. And then I try and listen to a few different things just to inspire. So uh, if you do podcasts, three ones, I'd love to recommend one. Um, and he came out and actually did a men's camp for us a while ago. Simon Gilbo, he runs Great Lakes Outreach in Burundi, uh, one of um, through the war-torn times. And he has a podcast called Inspired with Simon Gilbo. And all he does is interview amazing people from around the world. So give that a listen. The next one, uh, and I'd say this is for any business leader, um, anyone uh, sort of high school and beyond wanting to grow, the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast, just once a month. Uh, amazing, useful, uh, practical advice on anything leadership orientated. You can put into practice whatever occupation you have. And then the final one, some of you may, may remember Gabe Phillips, uh, a sort of tiny um, redhead fiery preaching, I mean, just so exciting, full of fun, uh, a great friend, and he's just started the Gabe Phillips show. Uh, he interviewed uh, last week Majosi, the famous South African uh, musician who they, they were at school together, and if you want something refreshing and fun and full of laughter, listen to those as well. So those three, I'll put uh, the links as well, we'll put the links on YouTube, but please do uh, check that out. So uh, I know it's getting older now, but some of you may have uh, watched or heard of the movie The Truman Show. Uh, it's about a man, Jim Carrey, and he didn't know it, but actually he was born and lived as part of a TV show. So he lives in this world, and uh, for those of you who haven't watched it, I'll just ruin it for you. Uh, as uh, he, he goes along, he suddenly starts to work out the same people say hello to him every morning, the same people drive at the same time, and he starts to try, uh, he starts to work out that th this just isn't really normal life. Something different is happening. He thought he was living real life, but actually that was only part of the story. He was led to believe though, that that's all that there is. He was led to believe that this is the world and he was living it. And to be honest, that can be true for many people in society today. You may feel, or people in society may feel that what there is here and now is all that there is. Work, holidays, savings, living to as long as you can, looking after your body, but that's all that there is. And then it just stops. But there's a very real, in fact, more true reality than the here and now that's happening at the same time, all the time. The kingdoms of light and darkness. And, and, and almost like the Truman Show where he thought that's all it is. There may be some of you watching now or in society, we need to realize 
that there's many who feel that this is it, but actually there's two kingdoms that are flowing in and out of this all the time. And so the question for those of us who would call ourselves Christ followers today, this is the question, is do your family, friends, work colleagues, anyone you relate to, would they know that you're living for a different kingdom? Would they know that yes, you're involved in the here and now, but actually there's a reality that you're living for that they may not see yet? Is it evident in the passions of your heart, the way that you treat people, what you spend your money on, the language that you use, how you speak, what you care about, is, is it evident that you and I belong to a different kingdom? Because if we belong to a different kingdom, it will show because we'll be living for a different world. And so does it. And if you're here visiting one of our sites at Harvest today, I trust that you'll see a difference amongst us. And if you don't, please don't blame Christ. He's not at fault. We are. But I trust that as you walk into these families of faith at different sites, you'll go, it's clear that these people are living for something that's not quite happening in the world in which I live. That's what I trust, that's what I pray for, that's what I pray for myself and for all of us. You know, a friend of ours in the United Kingdom uh, has really been getting drawn in by the Holy Spirit. Uh, she doesn't know the Lord, she hasn't necessarily followed much, but, um, but Sarah in particular been having conversations with her about just uh, what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Now, the sad thing is, is that she has a friend who's part of a church in England and uh, that friend is sharing with her and her church is sharing a very different type of faith to what we believe. And so she's saying, how is this different? How is it that what I'm hearing from one church in England is absolutely opposite to what you say uh, is, is biblical as well? And uh, this is bringing her confusion. It's making her question what Christianity is all about. And this is so damaging to anyone who's exploring faith. Christ followers not representing Christ. And I trust if you're looking in here as someone exploring faith, I trust if we've known Jesus for a long time here at Harvest, that what people are seeing and how we're living is truly how Christ has asked us to live, which is what this series is about, the Sermon on the Plain. It's that are we living, are we showing a true representation to all around what it means to really live for Christ? And so we're in the passage in Luke 6. Uh, it's often referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. Last week, Ian explained the context of Luke. So starting in Luke 1, he built on the context and then he really came in and the, the initial part of the Sermon on the Flame, uh, on the flame <laughs> there's flames on the plain, but actually the plain, is uh, he shared and he said, there's a blessed way of life. There's a woeful way of life. And the way that we experience the blessed way of life looks upside down to the rest of society, but it comes about as we give our all to Christ, as we live radically devoted for Christ. And so today, we carry on with that challenge of what it means to truly be part of God's upside down kingdom on earth. When we become Christ followers, we live for an opposite kingdom. It's not similar, it is very different. It may not always be seen as clearly as it should, but it's the difference as darkness to light. When we give our lives to Christ, we join a kingdom that is absolutely opposite to anyone who is not in that kingdom, as far as the east is from the west. And so if you're exploring faith this morning, I trust that you will see what it means to be a Christ follower, that it will give you a real display today of what it means to follow Jesus. And I mean, it would be my prayer and our prayer as a team that maybe at the end of today, at one of the sites, that if you're exploring faith, you would you would give your life over to the rulership of Christ. You would join another kingdom. You would join the kingdom of life. 
And so we're going to read this together. Luke 6, 27 to 31. And we're going to just dissect this as we go. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Now, this little phrase right at the beginning, what Jesus says there, verse 27. But I say to you who hear. You know, there's such a big difference between hearing something and then allowing what we hear to affect our mind and heart. It's easy. We, we have information all the time, right? We can hear things. We can hear things we agree with and disagree with. But there's a huge difference between allowing that to infiltrate our spirits. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, but I say to you who hear. And so my prayer and my challenge is as we go into this further, is be someone who hears and really hears what Jesus is saying. So are we listening today? Are we really listening to what Jesus is about to say to us? And that was what he wanted to say to the crowd that he spoke to. It's what he wants to say to us today. He's setting the scene for something incredibly challenging. And then he goes on to some of the most difficult uh, words that we will hear spoken about loving enemies, about doing good to people who hate us, about people who curse us and abuse us. We pray for them. I mean, this is absolutely mind-blowing for us to take into account. And these verses follow much of the theme that was spoken about last week, where it talks about you're blessed when you're persecuted. You're blessed when people hate you. And now Jesus is zeroing in on it even more. And in fact, much of scripture, when it comes to being Christ followers, there's not an awful lot of scripture that speaks about Christ followers living an easy life. In fact, you won't find that at all. I mean, those words, they hate, curse, abuse, hit or slap and that's like a mocking slap it's not necessarily like a beat up uh you know where, where guys just don't like in the beating up it's more like a slap but it's kind of like uh you're just pathetic you know what you believe in is pathetic and 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 it's just worthless that's kind of the slap he's talking about you know as christ followers we're not going to be loved by society not because we're nasty people we should be the most loving people that they are as christ followers because we have the love of christ within us but it's because we belong to a different kingdom and these are supernatural kingdoms, and these kingdoms are at war. So whether we know it or not, there will be a natural clashing and attack and a battle happens between these kingdoms, and this gets outworked in us as people. And so we must know this. We're called to be different, and persecution will come with that. And in fact, if your life or mine is going along pretty perfectly without any issues, we do need to ask ourselves the question of how many people actually know that we're living for the kingdom of light and how we're actually living for the kingdom of light ourselves because if we are it's not that we're looking for something difficult around every corner but there is going to be battle there has to be battle in different areas of our lives because of the kingdoms we live for look at some of these verses 1 corinthians 4 verse 12 and we labor working with our own hands when reviled we bless when persecuted we endure that backs up what jesus has been saying look at what happened what jesus said when he was persecuted on the cross and Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, this was at the point of excruciating pain and agony. These people who are just mocking and spitting and hammering nails in, and Jesus is just forgive them. And so he lived this out and he's encouraging us to do the same. Look in Acts 7 verse 59 to 60. This is Stephen, one of the early Christ followers after Jesus had died and gone back to heaven as they were stoning him. 
the way that people were executed horrifically, people would find rocks. This person would be in front and they would literally throw rocks at people, big rocks, small rocks at people until they died. Absolutely horrific torture. While this is happening, in the middle of it happening, Stephen calls out and he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Falls to his knees, partly in prayer, but probably also because of the weight of rocks and getting close to dying. Uh, and he cries out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep, meaning he died. But it's a great spiritual picture of the fact that we rise again to another life. This is, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's saying this is the, the life of a Christ follower. This is what can happen. Persecution, abuse happens. So those show that it happens in the past. It's going to happen. And then the next few verses relate to how we respond to poverty and theft as Christ followers. Look at that. Uh, we'll just quickly go to it. It's, it talks about, um, yes, getting stru struck and everything else. Um, but then to, to the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. So those are talking more about people who take things, not necessarily abuse, not necessarily physical pain or emotional pain, but it's people who are taking resources from you or who are taking advantage of you. And uh, the response that Jesus calls for really counters the general trends today. You don't see a lot of people uh, blessing people who've abused them. You don't see a lot of people giving to those who've taken from them. That, that doesn't happen. But he says love. He says do good to enemies. He says bless. He says pray. He says don't retaliate. He says radical generosity. And you won't see this in a romantic comedy or a self-help book. It's the furthest thing from that. Uh, in fact, you won't see these verses preached on very often either because they're very challenging. If you look around church structures today, you won't often see people turn to pastures like this because sadly in the culture in which we live, um, church can, can often be something that we just shy away from what it truly means to live for Jesus. And we don't want to do that at Harvest. I personally don't want to do that. And so this is the reality. Jesus is asking us to live for an upside down world. And now it's important for us to realize that this pastor is not saying if you're being abused in a relationship, get out. It's not saying don't get out. It's not saying stay in something if, if, you've, if you've just been robbed and you've lost everything that you, that you own. Or it, it's not saying be in a place where you just keep getting robbed all the time. It, there's also wisdom. But Jesus is getting across a principle of what it means to live for his kingdom. He's trying to visually demonstrate the kind of radical love God is after. The radical love he showed to his enemies. The radical love he wants us to show to others. You know, it's, it's so important for each of us to realize that the only reason that you and I will ever be able to bless those who persecute us, to pray for people who abuse us, to give generously when it's, it's not deserved. It's only going to happen if we have a real understanding and trust of God's personal care for us and his sovereign plan for our lives. The only way that we can live that out is if we, we have a real deep-seated trust in the fact that he's, he loves us and he's in control of our lives and he'll work out those plans in our lives and in the world. You see, if you feel it all rests on you and there isn't that trust in King Jesus, when something difficult happens, you'll, you'll start to drown in the seas of difficulty. It'll happen. If you don't have this deep-seated trust that Jesus is your father and that he's got this. When tough things happen, when persecution comes. That's why Jesus talks about people falling away in persecution. 
you'll start to drown in the seas of difficulty if you don't have this deep-seated trust. But if you trust in Jesus, if your life's completely in his hands, instead of drowning, you'll be rescued from those oceans by his peace and by his rest in the hardest of trials. So, so, so really take your time to think about where is your trust? Is it truly in Jesus? Jumping a bit further. Says verse 32, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Now, it isn't bad, of course, to love those who love you. We should do that. Our families and our friends, of course, we should love those who love us. That's not what Jesus is getting at. But he's saying, that's what everyone kind of finds easy to do. That's, that, that's kind of standard in society. But, but what's going to differentiate you as a Christ follower? What's going to make you different? You see, there's loads of people who do good in the world. In fact, it, it's a real drive in society at the, mo- at the moment. We're big on philanthropy. We're big on community work in our societies. We're, we're big on those sorts of things. Corporate social responsibility, responsible tourism. You know, we only want to travel to places where the people in the area are cared for and will pay money for it. We're big on that in the world in which we live. It makes us feel good. And so are these things bad? No, they're, they're not at all. And in fact, I applaud people, Christ followers, not Christ followers. I applaud everyone who's wanting to make a difference in the world in which we live in a physical sense. But the point Jesus is making is that you won't often find, in fact, I would challenge you to see if you can find this, you won't often find the same kind of love and care towards enemies. So you won't often find companies or businesses or tourism or people saying, man, we are just giving funds and I'm just investing my time towards uh, that political group that, that I really don't like or to that person who's treated me so badly. But, but I'm just there and I'm pouring, I'm pouring my funds into that person's company. I mean, they absolutely wrecked my life, but I just can't wait to just pour my funds in and help them and love them. That is what you won't find in society. You won't find people doing that. But that's the example Jesus is calling us to. He's saying, what I'm calling you to is how I lived. And I gave love and care to those who treated me terribly. And the way people will know that you're part of a different kingdom is if you do the same. Verse 35, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. You'll be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful as your father is merciful. And so Jesus shows us a different kingdom way. When I drill down on this, I want you to think now, really think about this. Don't just just allow this to pass. I want you to think about the murderers that you might know. I want you to think about maybe farm stealers, if that's you. I want you to maybe think about political difficulty. Maybe think about the business partner that wrecked your partnership. Maybe think about relational strife. Maybe frustration. Maybe think pain. I want you to really get into this in your mind and in your heart. As you go there in your mind and heart and emotions rise and difficulties rise, Jesus says, love. That's what he challenges us to. This is incredibly difficult and this is, this is incredibly painful. He says, I want you to think well of that person. I want you to give to that person generously and don't expect anything back. You know, thankfully in life, I haven't experienced what many have. Um, but I've been challenged in a few small times of these. When I was a teenager, I was beaten up by guys I thought were, were my friends. And uh, it took me a long time to grapple with that high school, lower six. It took me a long time as an all-boys school to grapple with, 
with actually seeing those people as Jesus does. Um, Chinam Asa, as you know, I've shared this a bit before, but his, his, his son died from a sort of drug overdose they suspect in America. And I felt the Lord saying, you need to go to his house, this minister in Zim that many might not like. And you need to, you need to just say that you're sorry and that you really care and you're praying for him. And it was hard to do. And I, I felt it was what I was supposed to do. I, um, a while ago, I was involved in a sort of business startup with a, with a number of people in Zim. And, and as it came to launch time, um, uh, I, I was kicked out in a boardroom kick out and, and I couldn't believe this from the people that I knew and Jesus I really felt him say but you need to love these people they're part of a different kingdom and you need to love them but why why should we do that this is what Jesus points out in this passage he, and I'd say three key things why do we need to look forward uh, look different to society number one it says there because your reward will be great if we live for his kingdom he promises that you and I will be rewarded for all eternity, where it matters most, where it's not going to be used up, where we take it with us forever. You see, it's important we realize that we're living for an eternal reward. That's the best place to invest. That's what we're living for, eternity. So that's one reason to love as Jesus called us to. Second one, this demonstrates to those who come into contact with that you and I are actually sons of God. It says there, uh, great will be your reward and you'll be sons of the most high God. You see, our good works are ultimately pointless if they don't point people to having a heart change. All of our good works, they're almost pointless if it doesn't lead to a conversation about Christ, about why we're doing it, about people knowing that we are sons and daughters of the living God. You know, if there's care and compassion, and, and this is important that we get uh, in the world that we live in, if there's care and compassion without sharing Christ, may not be the first time we show care and compassion, but if it doesn't lead to us sharing Christ, it's almost like us giving someone a meal on the Titanic instead of space on a life-saving raft before it's about to go down. It's almost like saying, hey, listen, here's like a great meal. I mean, you're going to die in about, a, you know, in about an hour's time. You're going to be dead, but, but here's a meal because I really care about you instead of giving them a life raft to save them from death. That's what it's like. If we just do good, but we don't point people to Jesus. And thirdly, the overall reminder that he has been unexplainably kind, uncomprehendably merciful to us. It says, therefore, he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful as your father is merciful. He's done that to all of us. Before we knew him, before we were born here today, Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave his life for his enemies. On that cross, he suffered excruciating pain for my sin and for yours. And that's how we live in the way that he calls us to. So that others might just catch a glimpse of this awe-inspiring love that they desperately need. Three great things. Right, we're almost at the end. You've done uh, so well. I know it's been a bit longer, a lot to get through, but we're, we're getting towards the end. Getting to the last little bit. Verse 37, judge not and you'll not be judged. Condemn not and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so these verses speak into situations um, to others. Uh, into situations, not so much abuse coming towards us but it's how we treat other people. So it sort of flips on its head. The one was how people treat us. Now it's how we treat other people, particularly when we feel like we've got the upper hand. So it could be pride. 
we're just a little bit better than other people. Maybe it's the power to squash someone's life because we know something juicy, a mess up, a failure. We know something juicy. And if we share that, that can really affect the way people see them. Condemnation. We could bring condemnation about, on people by what we share. Um, or we could hold a grudge and shun them away from our lives, refuse to forgive them. The way that we respond to others shows what the Father's response will be to us. This is huge. This is, it's terrifying. The way that we treat other people, it shows God's heart in us, but it's also the way we will be treated by God. Let that sink in. I mean, that is challenging. It's terrifying to me as well. Part of those things with friends who beat me up or those sorts of things, um, maybe people that I, I struggle with or people have hurt me, there's a huge thing of going, if I cannot release God's forgiveness and love to them, it means I'm not receiving it from God. I can't. It's impossible for me to receive it. And, and that's a huge, dramatic challenge. Friends, no matter how hard this is because of what's happened to you, you have to learn to ask Jesus for his help to forgive. Because if not, God can't forgive us and it stops his work in our lives. And maybe you say, well, Craig, this is too painful. Run to the cross of Christ run to him. He's the one who has faced worse. He is the one who took it all on himself. He's the one who knows. He's the one who understands and he will reward you, but run to the cross of Christ. Then it says they give and it'll be given to you. This is an all-encompassing giving. It's giving of our lives, our time, our gifting, our resources. It's being radically generous. You know, I'm, I'm constantly blown away by the generosity um, of people amongst us. People serving, getting up early to serve, um, people willing to take up time out of their week, giving of time, giving sacrificially of financial resources. I mean, I'm just blown away. And the great thing is I know that the reward comes from Jesus for all eternity. I mean, so yes, we can share and say thank you, but, but I'm blown away because there's this heart of saying, we just want to be part of God's kingdom. How can we do it? How can we be involved? It's amazing. And I, I just want to say, well done. Keep using your gifts, using your talents, using your time. It's the kingdom that matters. Make Jesus famous. Uh, there's a world, there's a city, there's neighborhoods amongst us who desperately need Jesus. And we want people to see the light. And as you seek the good of enemies, Friends alike, God will return to you all that you require, not meagerly, but much. That picture, it's, it's like a grain picture where uh, um, it's pressed down into every avenue of your life, almost grain being poured in, and then it's, it's sort of squashed down even more. And, and uh, it's, it's like God will pour everything that you need. He will give you life to the full. It's not going to be easy, but he will, he will ensure that there's this overflowing abundance of life and joy. He will pour that out to you as you pour it out to others. He challenges us to be fair and kind and gracious because that directly affects the way that God can return to us. Last bit as we close. He closes with this parable and then I'll pray. Such a challenge. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? It's obvious, right? I mean, it'd be hilarious. It's not really hilarious to think about, but can you imagine like a blind guy, you know, oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll show you the way to go. I mean, even imagine it in a church setting. I'll show you the way to go. Um, and, uh, you know, come with me. And so you're just bumping into chairs. Uh, you're tripping down pathways. I mean, Jesus uses practical things for us to get across. They'll both fall into a pit. A disciple's not above his teacher. But everyone, when he's fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, 
but don't notice the massive log in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that tiny little speck out of your eye, that tiny little speck. Let me, let me just, I've seen that issue in your life. I've seen that problem in your life. And look, I, I can help you deal with it, you know, without looking and going, oh my goodness, there's actually a lot of issues in my life and God's at, a, at work in my life. When you yourself have this log in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you'll be able to see clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. And to be honest, when you focus on the log in your own eye, this is where Jesus is sort of playing on words. When you focus on the log in your own eye, that speck looks really tiny. You almost can't see it and you just realize actually that's kind of a bit irrelevant. I just need to deal with myself. Jesus brings us back to himself. He challenges us not to follow the wrong people. If you follow those who are spiritually blind, you'll be misled. What does spiritual blindness look like? It's a type of teaching that says to you, follow me because I have the answer. You know, the way that I follow, you know, God is just a little bit better than everyone else. I, I've got the real secret. You know, I've got, I've got the real revelation. Whenever the, 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 the picture or, or the way that we live starts pointing towards a person rather than to Jesus, there's a problem. That's blind leading the blind. Whereas Paul in scripture was like, um, follow me, but only as I follow Christ. So you're actually really following Christ and I'm trying to be the best example for it. And so that's the blind leading the blind. Usually involves pride, shame. Those guys just don't have what I have. I mean, shame, they're just really trying to follow God, but, but I, I just know more than them. And I mean, person's just got a really terrible life and I mean geez they have wrecked their lives I mean you know it's not it's not like I'm gossiping but that person has wrecked today eh? I mean I'm, I'm just so happy that I'm not in that place but I mean whew, we can we, we've got to be so careful about the pride that can creep into our lives if only they had the kind of faith that I have friends beware of the sort of teaching we must be led to Jesus you see we follow Christ we point each other to Christ. We pursue Christ. We need humility and passion to be like him. There's a famous theologian evangelist, check him out, J. John. He's the funniest guy, Greek origin. I love the way that he speaks. And he said, often people come ask him, you know, he's been used across the world. He's a famous evangelist. And he says, people sit down with me for coffee and they're like, hey, um, J. John, tell us, how do, we, how do we get a ministry like yours? And he says, he, he kind of thinks that people look to him like he's in the Premier League soccer and they're kind of in third division. <laughs> they're trying to work out like, how do I get into the Premier League? And he says to him, do you know what? He says, there's two things. It's not that you're going to be like me and it's not that I'm trying to be like anyone. He says two things. He says, holiness and humility. If you want God to use you, it's those two things. Be like Jesus and pursue him and want to be like him. And secondly, be humble, period. So let's not worry about others' faults and weaknesses and failures. Let's deal with our own purity, our own passion for Jesus. Must we deal with sin in each other's lives? Yes, we're brothers and sisters. Be honest with friends. If you see an issue with each other, sit down and say, hey, listen, I love you and Jesus loves you and I'm just concerned about this. Let's talk about it together. So we want to be pure as a church. God can only work when we pursue purity, but we just never forget that we're called to love everyone. We're all on a journey. We don't want to stay where we are. We're moving closer to Jesus by the power and help of the Holy Spirit one step at a time. But that change only comes when we come to Jesus. And so we're going to pray for that now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the things you've called us to and the way you call us to live is impossible in our own strength. So whether you're here today and you need to come to Jesus for the first time and say, God, would you, would you rule my life? I want to take that life raft before the Titanic goes down and I, I, uh, I need you. 
I need you to change my heart and I want to be rewarded for all eternity. I want to be a son and daughter of the Most High. You can call out to Jesus right now and he'll, he'll change you in an instant and then please share with us. We want to help you grow. For the rest of us, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would narrow down and you would zoom into the hardest parts in our hearts and minds, areas of unforgiveness, places of anger, frustration, hurt, lack of purity. Holy Spirit, would you help us? We can't do this on our own. We want to be a people of holiness and a people of humility. Pray that you would help us in a special way to live this out. Why? So that we shine brightly to a world that desperately needs you. Your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry if that was a little bit longer to get through, but I'm so challenged. I hope you are too as well. And we're here to help you on the journey. So please get in touch with us anytime, social media, WhatsApp. We'd love to help. If you're struggling with where to get started in the Bible or dealing with an issue or whatever, please come and chat. We're all on a journey. None of us are perfect, but we're here to help as a leadership team. Otherwise, have a brilliant week ahead. Get downloading those uh, podcasts. They're great fun to listen to. And uh, we look forward to chatting to you soon. Thanks a lot.